Welcome to the Sharp 600, brought to you by Covers.com. My name is Joe Fortenball. This is episode 134 of the podcast. NFL special, baby. Great to have you with us. In just a few moments, we will bounce down to Los Angeles, the City of Angels, to speak with Jason McIntyre, a good friend of mine. He founded the website The Big Lead. He's all over FS1 these days. You can catch him on virtually, virtually every single show they've got cooking. He's got a new podcast out as well, so we'll talk to him about that. We'll talk to him about FS1's venture and move into the sports gambling space. And not only that, J-Mac is actually running hot in the Westgate Super Contest through the first three weeks. So we will get his picks, and hopefully, if we tail them, we will come up roses. We will end the show with your boys' picks. We went 3-1 and one last week. We're looking to keep it hot in the NFL. But first, first and foremost, baby, it's time for that teaser spectacular. <coughs> All right, so we lost last week. Let's just stay calm. We came out of the gates 2-0 and on our six-point teasers, lost last week. We had the first half nailed with the Rams over the Chargers. The problem is that the Patriots got rolled in Detroit on Sunday Night Football against the Lions. That was the ultimate teaser parlay buster that ended up bailing out the sports books. Well, not necessarily bailing them out, but helping them close off what was probably another profitable week. This week, our two-team six-point teaser starts with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Tease them from seven down to one for their week four matchup with the New York Jets. Jets quarterback Sam Darnold has a very bright future in front of him. But after that eye-opening performance against the Lions in week one, the USC product has completed just 55% of his passes with only one touchdown, four interceptions, and five sacks taken. That's a troubling stat line heading into a road showdown with an elite Jacksonville defense that just watched its offense embarrassed itself against Tennessee last Sunday. For good measure, the Jags are 14-6 and against the spread over the last 20 games against AFC opponents, while the Jets have covered the number on the road just three times over their last 11 games. Part two of our six-point teaser, we're going to take the Cleveland Browns from plus 2.5 up to plus 8.5 at Oakland against the Raiders. As for the Browns, you'll hear more about this in our pick section at the end of the pod. But just know that Oakland cannot rush the passer. Who would have thought that would have happened after trading Khalil Mack to the Chicago Bears? And they have been outscored 64-17 to in the second half of games this season. Meanwhile, the Browns are 3-0 against the number this year and have had 10 days to get ready for this game. Looking to go 3-1 on the season, our Week 4 teaser is Jacksonville minus 1 with Cleveland plus 8.5. Hard to believe, but live racing is back at Santa Anita as the season starts Friday, September 28th. For those of you, and I know you're out there because we talk about this every year around Derby time, looking to play the ponies, I've got good news because this episode of the Sharp 600 is brought to you by our friends at ExpressBet. Bet all of the world's top tracks with ExpressBet. Sign up today to get $500, $100, or $20 as a sign-up bonus. Now, if you want the details on how to score those sign-up bonuses, check out the bio of this podcast. There's a link. All the information you need is in there. It'll take you to the landing page, and from there, you'll be able to figure the whole thing out. ExpressBet isn't just a place for action, by the way. They got great content up there as well. In fact, Dustin Fabian has this piece up right now. It's tremendous. Free picks for Saturday's schedule at Santa Anita. It's up on the site right now. And this weekend is no joke. Accelerate, diversify, Mendelssohn, 
Thunder Snow, Mind Your Biscuits. They're all running at Santa Anita this weekend. Over at Express Bet, Friday marks the inaugural edition of the Stronach 5, a pick five showcasing races from Gulfstream, Santa Anita, Laurel, and Golden Gate, which is my home track. It's right across the bay. Those races will take just 45 minutes to complete. It's a pick five that takes 45 minutes to complete with an industry-low 12% takeout. So check out our friends at ExpressBet, expressbet.com to get down. That's X-P-R-E-S-S-B-E-T.com. Expressbet.com to get down now. To Los Angeles we go. He is the founder of the Big Lead, biglead.com. You can check him out on FS1. He is seemingly everywhere these days. Speak for yourself. Lock it in. It's Jason McIntyre joining us on the Sharp 600. Buddy, how you doing? Doing great, Joe. And I saw that you started a gambling podcast, so I kind of begged Fox. I'm like, we need to get in that space. So I started a uh, gambling podcast coming up winners. Uh, you, I mean, I've listened to yours every episode of college and NFL. So successful and uh, in that space, man, because I need to stay on your level, Joe. <laughs> I saw you launched it. It's called Coming Up Winners. You guys just came out the last week or so. How are you enjoying it? Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of fun. Obviously, there's some luck involved, and I've gotten lucky with the Super Contest. And uh, I think that's kind of helped with the uh, podcast numbers so far. But again, it's going to take a while to grow. Just, uh, you know, third episode came out yesterday, so very excited. Well, similar situation with the TV show Lock It In premiered a couple weeks ago. Uh, Todd Furman, who we're both friends with, I know him from my days in Vegas, yes. Clay Travis, Cousin Sal, and you've been appearing on the show as well. Now, you guys are the first in the industry, the first to market with a full-on sports betting show. Just tell me what that's been like over the first couple weeks. Yeah, well, listen, uh, you know, we called it the gambling gold rush. I mean, I think you'd agree with that, right? Everybody's trying to get all up in the gambling space. There are there's advertising dollars begging to happen. And uh, listen, I think there's fan interest in a similar way, Joe, that fantasy football exploded and became TV shows at BSPN and, you know, fantasy's big business. I think gambling's heading that way. How important was it for you guys to be first to market? You know, that, that's a good question because I still think, obviously, there's a lot of pushback from the doubters. Oh, well, they're not going to give out good information. What do these guys know? And, frankly, Joe, you've been sports gambling for a while. Does anybody know anything? I mean, I mean 57% is successful, and, you know, you get a 57 on a math test, and you're, you're a failure. You know, so sports gambling is fun. It's hard. And I, I do think, you know, being there early matters for Fox. Uh, obviously, you want to put out a good product and try to get good information. And I think you guys are going about it the right way. You have strong personalities. You're guys that understand the business, but you're also not taking yourselves super seriously. Like, this isn't a sports investors. We are going to make you money. These investments, it's going to be like, look, we, we've done the research. Here's what the wise guys like. Here's what we like. Let's have a little fun. I think it's a great approach. Do you, and I talked to Doug Kazan from ESPN earlier in the week. Do you guys feel a little bit of a responsibility as ambassadors into this market now to conduct yourselves a certain way? Not, not that you would go out and act like fools. That's not what I'm getting at. But knowing that you're the first in the space that have this TV show, do you kind of feel that burden that comes with it? Great question. I don't totally know if people are watching the show and then running to their, their guy or a website or the counter and they just, and saying, get me down, I just heard what Jason McIntyre said on Lock It In, i got to follow that. You know, I don't know that that's happening, 
uh, and you know, my, my process is probably similar to yours, right? In that you see some good information, you maybe look at trends, you maybe read some injury reports, you take it a big bowl of soup, and you know you try to make an educated guess as, as to where you're going. But I don't think anybody's professing on FS1 or anywhere else to be like uh, you know an advantage player, which is what I see on social media so often. What is this uh, bullshit about you being uh, at the top of the Super Contest standings? <laughs> Total luck, man. Listen, this is the best NFL stretch I've had. Uh, my first 5-0 and in the Super Contest last week, 13-2, uh, and two, so I'm tied with my Woo! five guys for first. And, uh, you know, listen, you know, this is, there is some luck involved. For instance, last week, I nearly went with the Patriots, right? Uh, you know, right, listen, coming off a loss, you got to go Patriots, right? Right. And at the last moment, I was like, you know, something I don't like about this Patriots team, and I subbed in the Ravens, and the Ravens hit. But uh, even a team like the Dolphins, which I had last week, and I've actually had them all three weeks, Dolphins were down 17-7 in the fourth at home to Oakland. You're Raiders, and I'm just sitting here like, oh, boy, that's a loss. The Saints were trailing pretty much most of the game against the Falcons. They needed to win the coin toss in overtime. They did, and then they score. So, uh, yeah, listen, man, it, it is luck. But at 13-2, and two, now what I'm doing this week is stressing over it, losing sleep, hemming and hawing. I've got three games I like, but the other two, it's just like, geez, I, I don't know where to go. Maybe you can give me some information here to help me out. All right, we'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, tell me a little bit about your process. The lines for the Super Contest come out Wednesday, and they're stagnant. They're not going to change. So most guys like to wait until the deadline, Saturday morning, Friday night, see if they can take advantage of any line movement. I'm sure you're looking at that. How else do you go about doing this? How do you zero in on your top picks? Well, being an amateur gambler, one thing I didn't do the last – I've been in this four years. And one thing I didn't previously do was look at the look-ahead line. And the look-ahead line, for instance, I think the Jaguars' depth was nine and a half on the look-ahead. And then it quickly was seven and a half uh, this week, uh, you know, before the Super Contest line came out. I'm like, huh, so wait a sec. What's going on here? The Jets, extra time to prepare. The Jags off a loss to the Titans. I wonder what that's about. And then I'll go dig into – you know, do some research, look at the numbers. And, Joe, you know box scores, they kind of lie sometimes. Uh, they, they don't tell the full truth. For instance, to go back to the Dolphins, they were outplayed by your Raiders. I mean, with the exception of a couple of huge plays and one Derek Carr pick, you know, the Raiders had more, I think, more everything than them except for yards per play, and those were the two huge touchdowns. So, you know, my process is one that, you know, can tend to be all over the place. I know, for instance, the, the, the Colts, uh, Texans game this weekend is fascinating because I am a big Colts fan this year. I love Frank Reich. I think he's a good coach. I think Andrew Luck's getting a bum rap because of the shoulder. People, oh, he can't throw a Hail Mary. Who cares? He's, his completion percentage is off the charts. Their offensive line is not great. Their running game is non-existent. Yet they're only favored by, what, one or two this week? So the numbers guys love, absolutely love the Texans. And, Joe, i got to ask, you watch them. Look at the Deshaun Watson split. He's thrown one touchdown in the first three quarters this season. So are, are the numbers guys in love with the team that's putting up a lot of garbage time stats as they did against the Giants last week? There are a lot of you interesting know? ways to peel that back. Houston's got a terrible offensive line. and. Awful. I think you're right with the Colts. They're they're better than anyone's given them credit for. I think Ballard and his right-hand man, Ed Dodds, are much better than anyone recognizes. And That's a great point. And listen, they're, 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 I believe they're fourth in the league or tied for fourth in sacks. The Colts, who haven't won in the trenches in forever. Right. And they got a rookie linebacker, Darius Leonard, leading the league in tackles. He had five tackles for loss against the Eagles. Against the Eagles, great offensive line. 
I mean, this is a team. They should blow up that uh, Texas offensive line, but here's my concern. Their secondary is susceptible to getting beat by good receivers, as happened with the Bengals and Andy Dalton in week one. Well, if Will Fuller gets behind him, you know, you're looking at a couple deep, easy scores. I don't know. Now, you know, maybe that's me overthinking, but that might be a walk away from it. I like the points. I do. And one of the things I wrestle with is, and I think this is part of the Houston angle, well, they're 0-3, it's do or die. Well, they were 0-2 and it was do or die, and the Giants <laughs> smacked them. People said the same thing about Oakland last week. Well, they're 0-2, they got to beat Miami. All right, but what does that mean? Like this week, and this is one of the games I wanted to talk to you about, I like Cleveland. They've had 10 days to get ready. Oakland's only got 30 minutes of game tape on Baker Mayfield. Everyone here in the Bay is trying to tell me trying to tell me that this is the Raiders' season. It was the Raiders' season last week. What That doesn't mean anything. I think Cleveland's coming in hyped up. I'm wondering, though, if I'm paying a tax because of how Baker Mayfield looked in that last game. It was sitting at three, and then last night during that Rams game, no one's paying attention. Boom, all of a sudden, all the books get hit, and they drop it to two and a half. So there's some Cleveland money out there. I like the Browns to win the game. Do you have a side there? Yeah, you know, I'm leaning Browns, but here's my thing. Oakland kind of dominated the Broncos on the road for three quarters before collapsing in the fourth. I think they've been outscored something like 43 or 37 to three in the fourth quarter. This, I mean, in the second half, they're just running out of gas. Now, I mean, they do have one of the oldest teams in the league. Does Baker take advantage of that? I mean, can, can John Gruden scheme something against a rookie quarterback? I don't know. I just can't buy into this Raiders team. I don't love anything about it. I, I'm with you. I lean Brown. Patriots laying six and a half against Miami. Similar scenario. The Patriots can't possibly lose three games in a row, but they look slow. They look slow on offense. They look slow on defense. Miami, however, three and oh, I'm still not buying into them yet. Are you doing anything with this game? Well, you know, this is one where the public seems to be on the Dolphins. The public is on the road dog against the Patriots. So, I, you know, and I don't, again, this goes to another thing we talk about on the podcast, like, how much do you value public versus professional money? And, you know, the last couple of weeks, the public has been just obliterated. They've been just getting destroyed. If you just went against where the public went, you've been cleaning up, unless you, with the exception of the Chiefs and Pat Mahomes. Uh, but this is a weird situation. The public is on the Dolphins because they're, what, 3-0, 3-0 against the spread. I don't know. I want to take the Dolphins, but I, I also, um, you know, I keep coming back to the whole, like you said, Tom Brady, Belichick. They're not going to lose this. But, yo, in their opener, they led Houston big, and then Houston came in and nearly got in the back door. They got a push, I guess, at some places it was seven. But this is this is a tough week. And the Dolphins, for me, I, I, I lean the Dolphins because I like Gaze and their big playability. But ultimately, I'll probably walk away from this one, too. Saints laying three and a half at New York. This stinks of a trap game. This feels like a game. I'm going to throw another pros versus Joes at you in a little bit, but this feels like that game where everybody who's having a good time in Vegas is walking up saying, give me the Saints. They're going to hammer the Giants. And I'm looking at this, and I'm thinking about the game being outdoors in New Jersey, and I just feel as if the pros are going to find themselves onto the Giants come Sunday. Agree or disagree? Yeah, I think you're probably right. My concern is I haven't seen the Olivia Vernon status but they have no pass rush. And if you have no pass rush against Drew Brees, I know this is their first game outdoors, but no pass rush whatsoever, he's just going to pick you apart. I mean, Brees is absolutely on fire. I mean, I think he's completing like 78% of his pass, some obscene number. And, and that Giants defense is really bad. I mean, I know Janoris Jenkins will try to hang with Thomas, but, I mean, what are they going to do for Alvin Kamara? 
it, it feels like last possession wins. Remember they had a, a 52-49 game a couple years ago? Yeah. It was a shootout. Eli had like 60 Win of the Saints can't stop a nosebleed. So, I, you know, I don't like the hook, so I'm with you. I think the pros will end up on the Giants. And, and no, no Evan Ingram, which is kind of big. Because uh, he, he's a valuable weapon against that uh, that state defense that's just been awful. Sunday night, the Steelers laying a field goal against the Ravens. Good old-fashioned AFC North rivalry game here. I don't know what to make of Baltimore. They feel like one of those teams that when they play at home, they're going to look really good. When they go on the road, Joe Flacco might rear his head and play subpar football, so to speak. I don't know if this is going to be a game I'm on because I don't know if I can trust Pittsburgh. I mean, nice performance against Tampa, but they have been very erratic going back to last year's AFC divisional round game. This is one where I feel confident in the Steelers for basically, you know, some of the reasons you had said, but you know, this for some reason, this series, the is usually hits the under, you know, it's like a slobber knocker, 17, 13 kind of game, but the over, I believe is touched into the 50. And I don't trust the, the, the Pittsburgh defense whatsoever. But at the same time, like, listen, man, that 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 that, that it, the Ravens team—they just haven't beaten anybody. You know, they, they crushed the Bills. So are their stats kind of skewed because of that? And then they—they you know, they got they, they fell behind against Case uh, Keenum, and then came back. And is that an impressive win? So for me, you know, the Ravens got carved up by Andy Dalton pretty badly. I don't know if C.J. Mosley's playing. I haven't seen any word on Jimmy Smith. I, I think the Steelers have their first performance here and kind of blow out John Harbaugh. I don't know. Am I crazy for that one? I don't think so. I don't think so at all. This is a tough week. That's why I'm glad you were willing to come on because we're yeah, trying I'm to... willing to come on and go one and four if you're going on. No, here's how it's going to work. If you're hot coming off this, it's podcast mojo. And if you're cold... You know, we'll just delete it from the files. We'll just skip over the episode. Um, <laughs> Monday night, again, feels like pros versus Joes. I think everyone's going to look at the Chiefs on the road at mile high. They're going to want to line up and bet Patrick Mahomes, the Potomac bomb, and all that scoring that comes from Andy Reid in this KC offense. But Denver at home, at altitude, it's going to be a hostile environment. It feels like you're going to have the pros playing the Broncos and the Joes playing the Chiefs. You feel the same way? Yeah. Hundred, hundred percent. I mean, but I, my concern with taking the Broncos. By the way, how bad did they miss a keep to leave? I mean, yep. that secondary is not good. Derek Carr was at like ninety percent for most of that game. You know, if you're getting carved up by Derek Carr and the Raiders, and then Joe Flacco has his way with you, what's Pat Mahomes going to do? But all that being said, you know, you, I think five points. You kind of got to take them because it's not like the Chiefs can stop anybody defensively. So for me, this would be Broncos or, or walk away. So which games are you looking at? Outside of what we've discussed, is there anything that really jumps out at you? Yeah, you know, for some reason, and Joe, please talk me out of it, I- I'm in love with the Bears, only favored by three. There's got to be something I'm missing here, right? Ryan Fitzpatrick has not faced a good defense this year. I mean, the Bears are number one in sacks. They're dead last in blitz percentage. Basically, Khalil Mack and three guys are getting pressure all the time. Okay? Fitzpatrick hasn't faced that, and the Bears have the rest of their defense is good. Uh, Tampa Bay not very good at stopping the run. Chicago's a good run offense. I feel like this is Trubisky's first good game. You know, we saw Fitzpatrick kind of turn into a pumpkin in the first half uh, there on Monday night. I, I irrationally love the Bears. I don't understand, Joe, why this is still on three. 
That's a good point. I've, I, I'm taking a different approach to this game. Um, and I know you look at this stuff as well when it comes to the NBA and pacing for the overs and unders. I, I'm going to play the under 46 and a half. I think that's a ton of points for a Bears offense that struggles. And everyone that keeps telling me, well, Tampa's defense is terrible. Well, yeah, Drew Brees lit him up and Ben Roethlisberger lit him up. But that's not Mitchell Trubisky. I don't think the that's Bears good. are trying to light anybody up. And I do not see Tampa Bay asserting itself offensively in this game. I'm sorry. So you're thinking what a bear is like twenty three to ten or something? I don't see Tampa Under. winning this game unless Trubisky's terrible, and I think they're going to be able to game plan enough to put Trubisky in a position to make a few plays. But yeah, I would say maybe twenty one seventeen. Like I, I'd probably lean to the Bears here, but I mean it's not. I I don't have much faith in Tampa. It all comes down to Trubisky for me. That's the concern. I know early, maybe it's like the Bears in the first half is the play. Line will probably be one and a half. Trubisky on the script usually looks good, especially at home. Defense asserts itself early. I think that might be a play. Like the Raiders. You bet them in the first half, you win. You fade them in the second half, you win. That's a great point. Uh, I I, I kind of agree. I like the first half. Too bad you can't take it in the Super Right. But other than Chicago... You know the game, and again, this is another one, like, I'm probably going to regret it, but the Dallas Cowboys and, you know, Ezekiel Elliott, who's, what, tied for the league lead in rushing, faces the worst rushing defense that is coming off a Super Bowl win uh, against the Patriots on national TV. The public is kind of split on this one, so this is kind of a gut play. And I just, last time we sold the Cowboys after their season opener, they were terrible in Carolina. They came home, got well against the Giants. Okay? Giants, not a great defense. Then we're selling the Cowboys after the Seattle game, by the way, which was a little closer than the score indicated. Uh, that, that game was like a couple plays away from being super close. I was on and, Seattle. That game was razor thin, razor thin right. watching that game. And now they come home against a team that's high on life, the Detroit Lions. I feel like this is a get-well spot. I, I'm not ready to toss Jack out yet. I don't know. Is it crazy for me to like the Cowboys? Favorite by three. No, it's it feels like we're having the same conversation for a lot of these games. We're basically thinking about the opposite of what happened the week before. Like most people would probably look at this Dallas game and go, the Cowboys stink. Uh, Detroit just beat the Patriots. I'll take Detroit. I, I don't want to think like that ever because I think it's always going to put you on a bad number. I mean, last week going into the Dallas game, case in point, everybody loved the Cowboys. They forgot about the Carolina game. They watched them hammer the Giants on Sunday night. So everyone's jumping on the Cowboys and thinking Seattle's terrible. Seattle had played two road games and it looked terrible, but they were coming home to get right. That's why I felt that was the side. But again, I mean, as we go through these, it feels like nothing jumps off the page this week. Yeah, this is, uh, <laughs> and that's why it's scary. So you mentioned Seattle. Let me ask you. Uh, the biggest public play this weekend appears to be the Seattle Seahawks. Right? They beat the Cowboys. National TV game. Now, they go on the road for the third time in four weeks, and they play Arizona on a quarterback who there's almost no tape on, Josh Rosen, right? Uh, the Cardinals are probably the worst team in the league by whatever metric you want, but I'm going to ask you, Joe, if you look closely, who is Arizona play? Well, three division leaders. <laughs> the Rams, right? Uh, which they got smoked by. Bears last the week. Yeah. The Redskins who just beat Aaron Rodgers, and of course the Bears who were uh, atop the, uh, atop the big division. So, I don't know. Am I crazy for wanting Arizona in this spot in the Super Contest? No, not at all. And, and there's a couple reasons. One, um, and you might see this with San Francisco. I'm going to play the over on the Charger team total because I think they're going to light this Niner defense up. But when you when you have these rookie quarterbacks or these backup quarterbacks stepping in that first week, gamblers generally like to back that up because you, you're going to get a good effort. Everybody around 
Josh Rosen is going to want to step up for the kid this week. My only concern is they are scheming so poorly when it comes to David Johnson. Like, you've got to get this guy more involved. He's one of the best playmakers in the league, and he's not touching the ball. If you get him involved and Rosen checks down to him and leans on that kid, I like Arizona in the points because Seattle is not good. Russell Wilson, this this offense that Brian Schottenheimer is running is terrible. And you know Schottenheimer. You're a Jets fan. You remember him. Oh, God. Yeah, he's the worst. Now, I will say this. Seattle, do you remember last year how they were at home against the Rams and the Rams just destroyed them? It was like 42-7. to Yes. Guess um, who Seattle has next week? The Rams. Now, I wonder, is it possible? I know Arizona's in the division, but do they maybe overlook this? Oh, we're going to play the 0-3 Rams. Then we got to get revenge on, on Gurley. You know, like, I just wonder if it's a possible look ahead. The other maybe look ahead is the Eagles. And we didn't talk about that. Eagles-Titans, right? Yeah. Easy to overlook a non, uh, non-conference non opponent when next week you've got a rematch with the Vikings from the NFC, uh, NFC Championship game. And, you know, last week you faced uh, Frank Reich, your old offensive coordinator. Easy to get up for that game. Carson went his first one. Maybe there's a letdown for the Eagles here looking ahead to Vikings. And, oh, by the way, the Giants are after that. This is kind of an afterthought game. And the Titans are kind of a plucky team. You know, they, <laughs> I, I don't like anything about them. They're unwatchable. But they will fight you at home, and they like to keep things close. I feel as if I haven't bet on or against the Titans in, like, six years. It feels like every game and every sped with the Titans is me looking at them going, pass. I can never yeah. figure them out. This is another one where I look at this, and it's like, I don't know what to make of these dudes. Forget this game. Yeah, they had a receiver quit on them this week. Yeah. The offense can't move the ball without Delaney Walker, their tight end, who's done for the season. And, and you're like, well, what are the options? And then it's like, okay, Derrick Henry and Deion Lewis. Well, you know, the Eagles kind of stopped the run. You know, <laughs> good luck running on the Eagles. You know, Falcons couldn't do it. Bucks couldn't do it. Uh, last week, Colts couldn't run the football. You know, secondary is the weakness. And then there's like, who's Mariota throwing to? So, again, you know, none of these feel like slam dunks, Joe, but I guess the Bears-Cowboys would be my two strongest. I'm, I'm looking into the Bengals, but, man, Andy Dalton, you know, he he always kills me in a big spot, so I don't know, man. I'll be, I might be picking out of a hat tonight at 9 o'clock. Check out the podcast. It's called Coming Up Winners. You can see him on Lock It In, Speak for Yourself, Colin Cowherd's show. He's everywhere on FS1, the founder of The Big Lead, biglead.com. Jason McIntyre with us here on the Sharp 600. Dude, Always appreciate the time. Good luck this weekend in the Super Contest. I'm rooting for you. And uh, hopefully we do it again soon. Yeah, Joe. Thanks a lot. $50 million? And who do you think you kidnapped? Chelsea Clinton? 3-1 last week. 8-4 and four on the season. Let's keep it cooking. Game number one, Green Bay, minus 9.5, hosting the Buffalo Bills Sunday, 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific at Lambeau Field. After getting blown out by a combined score of 78-23 to through the first two weeks of the season, Buffalo shocked the world last Sunday in Minnesota with a 27-6 upset win over the Vikings. Good for the Bills, but don't expect Sean McDermott's team to catch Aaron Rodgers and company off guard in week four. For starters, This is a very lousy scheduling spot for the Bills, who get stuck with back-to-back non-conference road games against Minnesota and Green Bay. Second, the Packers are an astounding 
40 and 19 against the spread over their last 59 games after surrendering more than 350 total yards in the previous contest. You want a contrarian play? Here's a contrarian play. Green Bay bounces back after last week's humiliation at Washington, while Buffalo falls back down to earth after their upset win over Minnesota. You know what? Maybe it's not a contrarian play, but so what? I love the Packers to roll here. Minus nine and a half. Game number two, Chicago and Tampa. Total set at 46 and a half points. Sunday, 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific at Soldier Field. The Bears are averaging 21 points per game, but their Khalil Mack-led defense is permitting an average of just 18.3 points per contest. But that's before you take into account the fact that Tampa Bay is operating on a short week and is no longer riding that candy corn rainbow of gluttony following their Week 3 loss to the Pittsburgh Steelers. My prediction, the Bucks fall back to earth. The Bears' defense asserts itself at will early and often and Chicago's offense plays it very conservative with second year quarterback Mitchell Trubisky. After all, Chicago is 10-3-1 against the number over the last 14 home games. Big pass on Ryan Fitzpatrick here. Give me the under 46.5 total points. Game 3, as promised, Cleveland plus 2.5 at Oakland. Sunday, 405 Eastern, 105 Pacific, Oakland Alameda Coliseum. Now, plus 3 was out there, but this game got nailed Thursday night, and the Cleveland money came in early and often, knocking it down to 2.5. Would still like the 3, but I'm not sure if I can find it. The Browns have had 10 days to get ready for this game, and the Raiders have a grand total of 30 minutes of game tape with which to evaluate rookie quarterback Baker Mayfield. Edge to Cleveland. The Browns are 3-0 against the spread this season, while the Raiders are just 1-2 against the number. Edge to Cleveland. The Browns can get after the opposing quarterback. They rank 7th in the NFL in sacks and are surrendering an average of just 19.6 points per game this year, while the Raiders have been outscored 64-17 during the second half of games this season. Again, edge to Cleveland. Bottom line, I'll take the Browns plus the 2.5 because I think Cleveland wins this game outright. Game number four, it's the Chargers and the San Francisco 49ers Sunday, 425 Eastern, 125 Pacific, StubHub Center in Los Angeles. Or I guess Carson, if you want to be more specific and actually more accurate. Uh, We're going to play the team total on the Chargers here. Now, based on the 10-point spread, Chargers over Niners, and the total, which is set at 46 currently, that means the Chargers' implied team total is probably going to sit at about 28 points. I'm going over the Chargers' team total of 28 points. Not only are the Niners surrendering 29.6 points per game this season, but the Chargers are averaging a very healthy 27.3 points per contest. But the key here is the fact that a highly questionable secondary in San Francisco is down its top cornerback in Richard Sherman. So don't be surprised if Phillip Rivers, who has already authored two three-touchdown games this season, posts his best game of the year Sunday against this Niners defense. Go ahead, bet the over 28 total points for the Chargers on Sunday. So to recap, your teaser, Jaguars from seven down to one against the Jets. The second leg of that is going to be Browns plus two and a half up to eight and a half against the Oakland Raiders. And then your four picks are as follows. Number one, Green Bay minus nine and a half over Buffalo. The Bears Buccaneers under 46 and a half total points. The Cleveland Browns plus two and a half at Oakland and the Chargers team total over 28 points against the Niners. That's a wrap for episode 134. Thanks for hanging out with us, everybody. Thank you to Jason McIntyre for joining us today. Have a great weekend. Be well and best of luck.